The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It is week 16. It's your fantasy championship. And it looks like we're not going to have two of the top 10 running backs from this season. Dalvin Cook likely out. Josh Jacobs likely out but dave jamie and heath are in good morning fellas happy holidays i'm in the holiday spirit i'm in the holiday spirit right now happy holidays guys happy holidays to you but i'm not in the holiday spirit i'm in the spirit of crushing heath coming soul He's in our man. in our idp league Mr. Grinch. finally taking down our idp <laughs> league it, it's a rematch from last year's final when you it is when i crushed when you, you. Yeah. You crushed my soul, I'm but this year, rev- <laughs> the ultimate Always revenge game. The this bridesmaid. Is it. Always the bridesmaid. Not this year. This year, I'm the bride. Yes. Well, oh, <laughs> very good, Dave. <laughs> very happy to hear that. Um, I've been watching a lot of Elf lately, so I'm and Christmas Vacation was on yesterday. So I don't even care about fantasy football. But I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help everybody else uh, set their lineups. Uh, I care quite a bit, by the way. All right, let's uh, just get into one thing real quick. Got an email. Somebody worried that if the Patriots lose on Saturday, then that means uh, then the Ravens game is meaningless and the Ravens would clinch the number one seed. That is not true. The Ravens would not clinch the number one seed with the Patriots loss. The Chiefs' outcome would still matter. Um, so Baltimore. No matter what, they're going to have to play that game and play it to win. Uh, so you don't have to worry about that in Week 16. Week 17 will be another story. Let's get to some players you love and players you hate for Week 16. Uh, Jamie, who's a player you love this week? I love Marlon Mack because he's playing the Panthers. Uh, it's a great matchup. They allow the most fancy points to opposing running backs. He's 81 yards shy of his first 1,000-yard season. So I think he's going to get that and score and be a... Beautiful fantasy running back. Would you say that week 16 is going to be a return of the Mac? Uh, yes. <laughs> the Mac attack. <laughs> Very good. Okay, Heath, with wit like that, you get to go next. Who do you love this Or as week? Adam would say uh, on, a, on a sponsorship for a different thing, I, I'm loving it. You're loving it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> O.J. Howard. I'm going right back to him. I have two teams where I drafted O.J. Howard. I left him on my roster for the first six weeks of the season. I cut him. He sat on waivers for six weeks, and now I'm bringing him back for championship week and starting him. He has played at least 60 snaps three straight weeks. That's never happened before in his career. He led the team in targets once Chris Godwin left, and I expect him to lead the team in targets this week. I think it would have been a better story if you left him on your team the entire time. It would be. Just waiting for this moment for him to deliver a fantasy championship. 
Lead the team in targets, huh? Yeah. He did last week. Yep. Okay. He did? He had more well, than Perryman? Well, God- Godwin did. We don't count Godwin. He's not on the team anymore. Godwin did. But, um, yes, Howard okay. and Bray <laughs> both had more than Perryman last week. Justin Watson, I believe, had more than Perryman the week before. That's why I'm yes. a little bit worried. I think Perryman's a good low-end number two. I'm just a little bit worried that, like, six or seven's his cap on targets. For anybody that watched uh, our, our CBS Sports HQ shows yesterday, um, we made it very clear how much Heath hates Brashad Perryman. And then I told people to start him <laughs> in, like, seven straight tweets. So I, I like him. I just, I'm nervous. <laughs> Well, he he's been on this uh, catch rate rant yes. <laughs> for Rashad Berryman. That's uh-huh. been it's been fun to, uh, to watch. Your catch rate for him, the one that you've been saying, is like forty eight percent. I believe his career rate is forty nine percent. Right, it, it had to have gone up because he's been at seventy six percent. Believe the last three it's weeks. still the worst catch rate in the NFL since he joined the NFL. Does anybody? I'd love to figure this out, and I can't do it right now. But who's got a higher catch rate than Rashad Perryman over the last three weeks? Like Michael Thomas and who? Um, Cooper Cup has caught every pass the last three weeks. Boston Scott has caught every pass the last two weeks. Okay, so he's at best fourth oh, at seventy six percent. He's not top thirty at seventy six percent. There'd be a lot of people with three targets. There's got to be a minimum. Well, I mean, you, yeah, right, right. So it's got to be a minimum of what ten targets. Call it that. He's got to rank up there. He's been playing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, who do you love this week? I, maybe I should go with Brashad Perriman because maybe. he's got this awesome matchup against Houston. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be able to run the football against anybody, much less the Texans. So I think you're going to see a situation where Jameis is going to have to pass a lot. Volume has been his best friend. That's why Jameis has been great for fantasy. And he's the number one receiver. And I don't think he's going to get a lot of double teams when the Bucks have so many other pass catchers out there that are big and, and just huge catch radiuses. The one thing he's got that those other guys don't have, I'm talking about Howard, Watson, he's got speed. And we've seen that now the past few weeks. And we know that there's going to be some big-time deep shots taken against the Texans. I like Perryman as a top-20 receiver this week. If you, if you knew he's getting, I guess for both of you, you knew he's getting 10 targets. Where would you rank him? Right now, 10 targets. Forget about what the result is. 10 targets. 10 targets, he top would be 15. top 15 for me. Top 15. Okay, yep. so if he's still six targets, does that change things for you? Like, you know right now he's only getting six. 30, I would lower it a little 35. bit. 35. No, he'd be higher than that. You'd, you'd lower him. Between six and 10 targets? No, I'm saying, because you, you, you think you, I saw the graphic, you have him 32. Right. So you drop him a few spots. Yeah, I think I've got him for seven right now. Because, I mean, that's what he had last week was six targets. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't... See, the thing is, I don't necessarily think there's going to be a huge spike in targets. That's the concern. Like, I just think, I, I think he's going to have a, a, a decent game. I, like, I like him. Uh, but yeah, you like him more than why wouldn't either. there be? Why wouldn't there be a huge spike in targets? Though? No, th- that's the thing, though. I think there'll be a spike. There to be. A spike, but I don't think a huge spike. I, I just don't think, like, it's twofold. I don't think that they're going to necessarily change his role dramatically because I don't know if he's capable of that. And, and that's probably not fair to say that, but I just, you know, we just haven't seen it in, in, in every stop he's been on. Um, so I think he's kind of locked into being the top outside guy, but I don't know if he's going to run. He's not playing in slot. You know, they're not going to use him in Godwin's role. You know, he's going to essentially place, replace Mike Evans. Um, so I think Justin Watson's going to get a good opportunity. I think he's a very good DFS play and somebody that if you're stuck can help you. I think like he has said, OJ Howard's going to play a role. Cameron Braid's going to play a role. Bruce Arians and, and Pete Prisco talked about this drink, uh, on, on HQ yesterday. When Bruce Arians says something, this isn't like typical coaches. He's pretty frank. And so when he says the backs are going to catch the ball, we don't know which one, but they're probably going to throw to, throw to those guys a little bit more. So 
I think Perryman is still kind of locked into this maybe six to eight targets. Like he hasn't protected for seven. I think that's fair. Uh, it's it's where the ball goes elsewhere. And I think those are the guys you kind of want to look at, which is why O.J. Howard makes sense. If you're stuck, Cameron Brait makes sense. Justin Watson makes some sense because, like he said two games ago, when they didn't have Scott Miller, he led the team in targets outside of Chris Godwin when Edmonds got hurt. So um, there's going to be some opportunities for other guys. It's just a matter of how much you trust the other guys. Last week he played 69 snaps. This is Perryman. 54 of them were outside. One was at the tight end spot, and everything else was in the slot. So he does not play in the slot very often. But he can go there, and he can work out of there. But and line, he's line, running a lot of different routes. He's not just a go receiver. No, no, no. He's obviously he's doing crossing more, the field. Yeah, yeah, but but and, he's you know, not, one of his touchdowns was. There. He's not doing what Godwin will do. He's not going to do what Godwin will do. And just because he lines up in the slot doesn't mean he's running slot type routes. I mean, you know, guys lined up different formations sure. all the time. Amongst players with at least nine targets over the past three weeks, Brashad Perryman ranks twenty eighth in catch rate. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll have to take. But well, what about ten, Heath? That. We we said ten targets. See, there's. I thought probably, we said like, three targets yeah, per game. up to fifteen. Right, my bad. Oh, whatever. All right, let's go to player player you hate this week. Dave, you can kick it off. Player you hate. A player that I hate this week. Um, David Montgomery is a pretty obvious one. Here's one. Aaron Rodgers. I don't feel good starting Aaron Rodgers against the Minnesota Vikings uh, ever since Zimmer's become the head coach. He's done a nice job against Rodgers, but especially in Minnesota, five games, only once has Rodgers been above 20 fantasy points, and it wasn't even that much higher. I think it was 23 fantasy points. Rodgers isn't playing a prolific style of football anymore. The Packers trying to run the ball. I think that's what they're going to try and do is lean on their running backs just like they have been doing, and it could limit Rodgers. And Rodgers also doesn't have a lot of great talent to throw to. I think he got Sick of Aldis Scantling last week. I bet he doesn't play very much. Kumro is going to get an opportunity. You know Devontae Adams is going to do his thing. But outside of him, who's the next most reliable pass catcher in Green Bay? No, Jones and Williams. Right. So, like, they'll get involved, but it's going to take them, you know, either catching a touchdown or, or catching a couple passes and breaking them long for Rodgers to have a big game. So I'm not optimistic about Aaron Rodgers helping us win a fantasy championship this week. I think most people probably share that sentiment. I, it just it, It's one of those games where primetime, division's on the line. If Vikings offense shows up and puts up and they're, they're chasing points, Rodgers is going to have a big game. If the game is back and forth and it's a you know, field goal here, field goal there, touchdown there, touchdown back and forth, I don't think Rodgers has a big game. But if they get behind early, and it's it, you know it's on him. Mm-hmm. He's going to come out and put on a good show. But Jamie Rogers hasn't really been good against any good opponent this year. You know he's he basically just beats up on the easy matchups he has. So you can't have any confidence in him. I think going into this matchup, hundred percent. I I I totally agree. I don't think anybody should have a lot of confidence in him. It just wouldn't shock me if he has a a good game because his Viking secondary is beatable. And if it falls on his shoulders or shoulder to have to sort of win this game and and potentially win the division and keep pace with the 49ers, Seahawks, and and Saints for the top seed. I just it wouldn't surprise me if he has a a better than average game for Aaron Rodgers at this point. All right. And Heath. Oh yeah, Heath, who do you hate? I guess it's Cooper Cup. And I made reference to him catching every pass over the past <laughs> three weeks. The yeah. problem is that means he has like 14 catches over the past three weeks because he just has not had the same target volume. He hasn't had the same usage. He had one game where he played like 29% of the snaps. This profiles as a low scoring game. He has scored a touchdown each of the past three weeks, but I don't want to bet on that touchdown. I don't want to start Cooper Cup. Jamie, who do you hate? I don't hate, but I'm scared of Todd Gurley. Uh, same game. Defense for the 49ers has been absolutely monstrous against opposing running backs and uh i would start mike boone over him i would start deandre washington over him um if uh i guess that's only two big 
big injury. Carry on? No, I wouldn't start carry on over him, but I would start those other two guys over him. I, I just don't think Todd Gurley, without a touchdown, is going to have a good game, and I don't think he scores. All right, so those are players we love, players we hate. We have a bonus category today, a commissioner you hate. Think about a commissioner you hate. Um, Jamie, let me go to you on this. No, I, I think we have a different answer for this, actually. Jamie, is there a commissioner you hate right now? No, there's not a commissioner I hate. I'm obviously a bad commissioner when it comes to collecting money. I'm terrible at that. We've talked about this uh, time and time again. But the one thing that I always try to do is make sure that I set all of my playoff matchups, especially when it comes to the championship game. And, you know, there's... We spent a lot of time talking about commissioners last week, and there's one commissioner who really has struggled in this regard, and it's you. Yeah, you I, didn't set the playoff I, matchups in our in if, our dynasty in, league. In this very league, mm-hmm. two years ago, we had a scoring change. Oh, come on! And so I have decided to not set <laughs> no, matchups no, until no, after no. scoring changes have been educated. No, 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 no. Bad commissioner. It's Thursday. There's uh, no Thursday well, game. There's plenty of time to. Bad set. commissioner. You could at least make an announcement to the to the league that that's what you're doing. Adam, we you had know? this talk on the podcast yesterday, and I'm not going to like congratulate people for making the championship game when I didn't make the championship game. I'm <laughs> mad at them. I don't like them. I so don't. You're, you're, I don't you're a wish, bitter commissioner. I don't wish them good luck or good fortunes. Um, no. Okay. Well, I installed you as the favorite in the podcast league, so I was trying to kind of jinx you. By the way, uh, we have. Uh, more Heath coming up later tonight. We are dropping a DFS episode for you. So I know y'all liked that last week. Heath and Mike McClure are going to give you another one today. Three shows per week during the offseason. That's what you have to look forward to. Three shows per week. Um, so we did two last year. We're, we're bumping it up to three. And, of course, we have the Apple Podcast mailbag. Uh, if you want to ask your questions via Apple Podcasts, you know, please do. Let's do the injuries, news, and notes. Daniel Jones working with the starters. Looks like he's going to start. At Washington, he has three games with 35 or more fantasy points this season. He's been pretty pretty much amazing or bad. So um, we'll talk about that game tomorrow. Dak Prescott, though, guys, he was limited with a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. And we should probably take this seriously because he's working through a few issues here, guys. Dak Prescott. I was listening to Dr. Uh, Chow on a, on a radio show this morning, and... Um... He said that this is not something to overlook, despite the fact that he had the MRI and it came back clean, that uh, this is something that could potentially bother him and how he throws the ball, how he throws the ball down the field. So I downgraded him. Uh, he, I would still start him, but I, I'd start Ryan Fitzpatrick over him, for example. I'm not there yet with guys like Dalton and, and Minshew, but uh, I'm concerned. Uh, I, I have Michael Gallup in two finals. I'm not going to play him. Um, Cooper's you know, went from a uh, top eight receiver for me to, to closer to 15. So I, I'm worried about uh, Dak. He does not have a good history going into Philadelphia. Um, it, it could be a bad game for him, despite the fact that the Eagles secondary is is obviously beatable and you can get a lot of production there from your receivers. But the last time these two teams met, it was the Ezekiel Elliott show. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be what their game plan is, especially if Dak can't throw to the same level that we've seen. So I am very, very concerned about Dak Prescott in this matchup if you're playing him in your championship. I wasn't a big fan of Dak either because I think the Cowboys learned that they have to lean on Zeke after last week. I mean, they just blew out the Rams at home and Zeke was a huge factor. And and then Tony Pollard finished off the game and he had a big game. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think Dak is a low-end starter at this point. And if he ends up being questionable, legit chance he lets you down. 21 or fewer fantasy points in three of his past four games as well. And that's with a healthy shoulder for most of those games. So the big news is really about the running backs because Josh Jacobs is not going to play and it looks like Dalvin Cook is not going to play. Haven't heard about Alexander Madison. You guys can uh, clue us in on that. So what's going on here with with those two situations and how much, which backup running back do you like the best right now? 
Boone in non PPR, Washington in PPR. I like Boone better in both. BBB. <laughs> okay. And we don't think Madison's going to play? Don't know. No idea. That would obviously change the way I feel about BBB. If Madison ends up playing, then it would be Madison ahead of Washington. Yeah, today's Thursday, obviously, so this is the first day that they'll go through practice. So we'll find out if it was a high ankle sprain, mid-ankle sprain, low ankle sprain, or no ankle sprain. All right, so DeAndre Washington, he's still available in over half of our CBS leagues. He had 20 touches. He had 96 total yards and a touchdown against Tennessee two weeks ago. Running backs, though, in the last six games against the Chargers – They're averaging 3.56 yards per carry. The run defense has gotten a lot better. Minnesota, on the other hand, Green Bay is a much worse run defense. So Boone probably has a better matchup, but just, you know, don't know what the touches are going to be like there. Other running back news, Derrick Henry practiced, which is good. We knew he was going to play, but it's good that he's back at practice, whereas he really wasn't able to practice last week. Damian Williams practiced. Guys, do we have any interest in a Chiefs running back this week? Desperate situation. You probably have to be desperate. Maybe he's flexy in a PPR league. We don't know if Akeem Hicks is going to play for the Bears. They might shut him down now that their season's over. But both Washington and Boone over Damian 100%. Yeah. Even in PPR. Yes. Okay. And from what I read yesterday, it seemed like Hicks was going to play, said he wanted to play. Yeah. So keep that in mind. There's talk in Chicago that they might shut him down. So I thought he was off the injury report. He isn't on it. No, no, This this came out after the game Sunday that the Bears were talking about uh, Hicks. There was one other guy that's been fighting through an injury. I don't know who, maybe Luke Amaro, um, that they may shut down their guys that have been, you know, not 100%. Uh, wide receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster was limited in practice. We're keeping an eye on that. Corey Davis has an ankle issue, whatever. DJ Chark was limited in practice. Do you think we will see Juju or DJ Chark this week? Chark, maybe. I mean, the fact that he's limited in practice is is definitely a good sign. Um, you know, he's not going to get fined anymore, so that's uh, a positive. <laughs> um, so we'll see. Okay. Uh, Demarius Thomas could once again miss the game, which would be nice for Crowder and or... Uh, Robbie Anderson, Nelson Aguilar mispractice, which is nice for Greg Ward. For tight ends, Greg Olson expected to play on the offensive line. The Saints could be getting Andrews Pete back, which would be very helpful, but they might not have their right guard, Larry Warford. Uh, there's some other offensive Lane, line Lane injuries. Johnson, Cleveland's a little beat up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lane Johnson's still day-to-day, but he's going to try to play for... Philadelphia against Dallas. And then defensively, Jamal Adams looks like he's going to play this week against Pittsburgh. Richard Sherman's going to play. Uh, Washington secondary is beat up right now as they're facing the Giants. Denver safety Kareem Jackson is suspended for the rest of the season. So if you like Drew Locke this week, or sorry, David Blau this week, if you like David Blau, it's Danny that's a good thing. What's wrong oh, with Kenny right, Galladay? Yeah. Uh, this is not going to affect Kenny Galladay. Chris Harris is going to be on Kenny Galladay. Okay. Well, Galladay's a little risky. I don't know, man. We've seen receivers play well against Denver lately. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that Galladay. Oh, I don't think he's no. a must-it. I don't think he's a must-it. But I think it's, he, still, it's still risky. Do you have him in your top 24? I am at 24, exactly. I was saying that it was Danny Amendola because he was positively affected by this news. Not that I like Danny oh, Amendola more than I like Kenny sure. Galladay. Yes, no. Kenny Galladay is still a top 24 wide receiver. Yes, he is. It's just that in PPR, Danny Amendola is as well. I like Amendola better than Galladay in PPR. Wow. Oh, boy. Wow. Amendola is someone I really want to talk about because this guy, it's th- it's like all we care about are the targets because he's had eight or more targets, three straight, or exactly eight, three straight games. Two of those games, he had less than 35 yards. One game, he's though, been, without Marvin he's got, Jones. He's got one touchdown all season. And what was the he's due. Who did they just play? They played... They uh, played Tampa Bay. Was there latest? Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Exactly. They played the best matchup in fantasy. 
So, all right, we're not so much about lately, that though. game later. Not so much lately. Uh, not to number yeah. ones, but to the others. They're, they're doing better against number ones, not so much the other guys. Uh, Jonathan Jones for the Patriots. He could miss this, week, this week's game. He's their slot corner. He's one of the better slot corners in the NFL. All right, let's do some rankings disputes. Obviously, Heath's here, so Gardner Minshew is a rankings dispute. Heath versus Dave. Jamie's got Minshew 12th. Heath has him 9th. Dave has him 23rd. Heath, Gardner Minshew at Atlanta. I mean, he's made 10 starts in the United States of America. He's top 20 fantasy points in seven of those 10 starts. I expect he's going to be chasing the score on a fast track against a defense that's just okay. They've been better than when they were terrible, but they're not good. So it's a very good situation. Similar to the situation last week when he scored 22 fantasy points, I imagine he'll be right in that same range. He was gifted 22 fantasy points by a Raiders defense that absolutely stunk and a Raiders offense that couldn't move the football. And before that, he had 26 fantasy points combined in his previous two games. One of those is only a half. I, I think the Falcons are going are gonna to rise up. Uh, pun intended, because that's their slogan. Uh, in this one, they're going to play hard for their coach. I think their defense is playing better. I think their pass rush was a big factor last week and why Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have a big game against him. If Garoppolo at home can't put up big numbers against the Falcons, I don't think Gardner Minshew on the road can. I don't know that Garoppolo's been better than, Gr- than Minshew in fantasy. I don't know if that's season. the example I would use in terms of a quarterback. I think they've been pretty similar in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just look at well, Minshew's numbers on the road. He's averaging over 21 fantasy points per game on the road so far this season in the five stars that he's made. So I think he'll be in that range too. I don't think he's going to have a, a, a blowout game. Um, but uh, I go back and forth between him and Dalton. I think they're kind of similar. I'll, I'll take the quarterback taking Miami. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's also a situation where I could see the Bengals running on the Dolphins quite a bit because Joe Mixon's been awesome. All right, let's go to Kyler Murray. Let's go Jamie versus Heath here. Jamie, you've got Kyler Murray 22nd. Dave has him 19th. Heath has him 13th. Jamie, you do not like Kyler Murray at Seattle. He hasn't been a good fantasy quarterback in uh, like five weeks. And so uh, going into Seattle first time, he's going to make that trip there. I think that defense is going to you know, uh, make him uncomfortable. Um, I don't think his receivers are winning very often. And so um, I, I, time of possession is going to be a problem for them because Seattle's going to run all over Arizona. So I just don't think Kyler Murray has a very high ceiling. You know, uh, He hasn't been running as much either. So I, I just don't love the setup for him going into this matchup. It has been five weeks, but one of those was a bye, and two of those were really difficult defenses. I I think, like, I don't really want to start Kyler Murray. I would start Gardner Minshew and Ryan Fitzpatrick over him. But I do think that, like, he, for the season, he's still pretty close to a top 12 quarterback. He's had a bad stretch of three games, basically. Um, I still think he has pretty good upside if they fall behind and he gets garbage time. Does for the season really matter? I think, right it, yes, no. I think for the season is far more predictable on a large scale than the last three weeks or the last four weeks. And I, I go the exact opposite way. Math, math would what, say that for the season is more predictable. That's fine, but the situation is different for every team but, yes, but, now and, and if, versus if week one and week two. If something has changed in the situation, then I will take, like, the Danny Amendola thing. His quarterback changed. I don't really think, like, Kyler Murray's had a bad stretch against some bad matchups, but I don't think anything's really changed. What's what's his fantasy production been since he's gotten Kenyon Drake in Week 9? There were three uh, games where he was awesome, Weeks 9, 10, and 11. Week 12, the bye. Week 13, 14, 15, 17 fantasy points or fewer. Yeah, so I the think last he's three probably weeks. averaged about 20, which is what he's averaged for the season. He's at 19.9. He had a 30, a 31, and a 26, a 12, a 13, and a 17, so... He's been up and down, but and recently it's been down. But I do think, for me at least, the full season still matters more than the last three weeks. Yeah, he also, Kyler Murray, had a very good game last week. We talked about it. He was the unluckiest player, in my opinion, in fantasy in week uh, 15. He just kept handing off to Kenyon Drake, who had scored four rushing touchdowns. But he was 
playing very well. All right, next one's interesting here. Leonard Fournette. I mean, let's be honest. Leonard Fournette has been very disappointing for fantasy owners. It's in non-PPR, eight or fewer fantasy points in five of his last six games. Obviously better in PPR, but still not killing it. But Dave is like super low on Leonard Fournette. Heath is super high on Leonard Fournette. Jamie's got him 10th. But Dave, you have him 24th, and Heath has him second. Dave versus Heath on Fournette uh, at Atlanta. The Jaguars have had a total of 12 red zone trips in their last six games. They are not moving the ball very well at all. They Fournette needs to find the end zone at this point. I'm not convinced he can come through for a 100-yard game, and he's only scored three times all season long. PPR, it's a different story because I think he can catch five or six passes. But it, this is a play against Fournette and that offensive line and that offense in general in Jacksonville. I think if you're looking for eight fantasy points, he can come through. If you're looking for 12 or 13 non-PPR points, he's going to get you eight. Yeah, it's just I'm always going to be on this side. If you've got a guy that's on pace for 1,900 yards and he's scored three touchdowns, I'm going to expect that he's going to score touchdowns at a higher rate than he has so far. And so I expect he's getting 20 touches per game. I think that the Jags are going to be able to move the ball. And even if the game script gets away from him, it's still going to be good for him because he'll get receiving work. I don't have him second in non-PPR. He's fifth. But I do think in PPR he's got a highest ceiling as anyone. Yes, he's fifth. Sorry about that. Dave, uh, would you then be starting DeAndre Washington and Mike Boone over Leonard Fournette? Boone, yes. Washington, no. But I'm low on Washington for similar reasons. And I just I think starting Mike Boone over Leonard Fournette with the workload he's received is a little bit crazy. I understand where you're coming from. And the workload is there. Jamie, it's, it's even the been there recently. Well, I still take Fournette. Uh, just again, I, I think the workload matters here. And I, I, I mean, this obviously goes with Dave how he feels about Minshew that he buys into the Falcons' defense more so than the Jaguars' offense. Which is, well, if, I just if, if that's how you're going to come out on this, you're going to be down on the entire right. team. So it makes sense. Yeah, I'm worried okay. about the Jaguars. last one. Let's do uh, let's do Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton against Detroit. Look, he's a top twenty-four wide receiver in non-PPR for everyone, but not quite there for Heath. Heath, you have Sutton thirty-first. And uh, we'll give you, we'll go against Jamie here. Actually, Dave's the high guy on Sutton, top twelve. Jamie has him eighteenth in PPR. You have him thirty first, Heath. So, the, what's the deal? Yeah, I don't like in non PPR. We're five spots apart. I might even be a little bit low on him. Maybe he should be twenty second or something in non PPR. In PPR, he worries me because he's averaging four catches per game, basically four and a half catches per game. And his quarterback, Drew Locke, they've had two games where they've won with him at quarterback and he's thrown 27 and 28 passes. So I just worry about how many targets he's going to get if they beat the Lions like I expect them to. I, I just think he's okay. secondary stinks. <laughs> so <laughs> whole defense still have the chance That's true. to play. So I I'll still stick with him. I, I, it's not it's it's not a numbers thing. It's more of a I, I just think he'll play he'll play well enough, has a chance to score. This is still the number one receiver on this team. No offense banged up. You know, so it, it it's easy for him to come through with a couple of big plays here. I think he could score two touchdowns. I think he's he got could. that kind yeah. of upside. Yeah. I pretty much say I don't say to sit Sutton every week, but I, you know we always get a lot of questions. Sutton or this guy, I, I tend to go away from Sutton. This is the I'm finally like in. I'm ready for a big game from Cortland Sutton. The Lions are just they're just done. Like they just are really bad. It's a great matchup. All right, I'll give you some stats to know. We'll get into the games. We'll do some start, sit, or flex at best. Let me tell you about SeatGeek, though, real quick here. You know it. SeatGeek, the best app for finding tickets. Over 50,000 five-star reviews. And if you want to save some money on SeatGeek, you download the app and you use the promo code FFT to 
you get 10 bucks off your first purchase. That's pretty nice. FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. And, uh, you know, you're going to save money anyway. Even after you use that promo code, you're going to save money on SeatGeek. Uh, because, you know, I've, I've looked, I've compared SeatGeek to other sites and just better deals on SeatGeek for sure because they bring in tickets from all over the web and they show you where the best deals are. You don't have to go searching for good deals. They give every every ticket a grade. You've got a deal score. You can sort by deal score. You can sort by price. You can get you can see your full price with all the fees. Uh, very easy to use. Very easy to get the tickets once you purchase them. And again, it's just it's great. And you get the ten bucks off with the promo code FFT. Our listeners use SeatGeek. I use SeatGeek. You better use SeatGeek. Sports, concerts, comedy, theater, and all the purchases are guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app and use the code FFT. Quick stats to know here. Hunter Henry has nine targets in his last three games, none of them in the red zone. But he has such a tantalizing matchup against the Raiders, who give up the third most fantasy points to tight ends. Are you getting away? Any waiver wire tight ends that you'd start over Hunter Henry? You would, right? There's there's one for me. It's O.J. Howard, and it makes me sick to my stomach, but that's what I would do. I have a um, tough choice in one league where I have Higby and, and Henry. And it'll be made easy for me if Gerald Everett plays, which he practiced in full yesterday. So it sounds like Gerald Everett's going to be back. Um, if that's the case, I'm going to play Henry just because of the matchup. I, I do think it, that matters in, in this case because the Raiders are just absolutely terrible against tight ends. Nick Chubb. Let's talk about Nick Chubb. And this this is one of the guys I thought was one of the more interesting players because you think this Ravens run defense is so good. They've been, you know, good but not great lately. And Chubb... You know, he, in my opinion, he's had eight tough matchups this year, not including his first game against Baltimore because they didn't have their best run stuffer in that game. And Chubb has scored eight, 15, 12, 9, 23, 8, 9, and 7 fantasy points in those tough matchups. So that's single digits in, in non-PPR in five of those matchups. You know, he doesn't catch the ball that much anymore. So, you know, with Kareem Hunt here. So, like, what do you guys think about Nick Chubb? How tough is the matchup? How good of a start is he? He is one of the players that on Tuesday when I did my first run of projections, I was like, oh, no, Nick Chubb's way too low. He was actually outside of my top 20. I've moved him up a little bit, but this is probably, I've got him 14th in non-PPR, 18th in PPR. It's probably the lowest I've ranked him all year. It's probably where he should be. Yeah, it's tough. It's, uh, it, it's Look, you know he's going to have the chance to get touches, and um, it's just a matter of how much they'll use him in the passing game what the game flow will be. I think Baltimore is going to smash them after what happened. That's one of their losses on the season, even though it's in Cleveland. So I, I'm, I'm nervous about Chubb myself. I have him in, in one final where I picked up both Boone and Washington, and I'm struggling with Boone right now. It's non-PPR, so I'm struggling with Boone versus Chubb. I think if you know for sure that Boone's going to be the guy, then maybe you take the chances on him yeah, because he's 100%. got the better match. Listen, we also don't know what this offensive line for Cleveland is going to look like and who's going to be healthy for them. And that hurts them, too. If they've got a couple of backups on that O-line, it's going to make it tough on Chubb. And they're for sure going to be trailing in this one. That helps Hunt, hurts Chubb. So if you want to be optimistic about Nick Chubb, he's he's been solid just about every game. No matter what the score is, he's getting the work. Um, And here are the last five lead running backs against Baltimore and their yards per carry. Carlos Hyde, 7.22. Todd Gurley, 3.67, not good. But Raheem Mostert, 7.68. Devin Singletary, 5.24. Le'Veon Bell, 4.14. One of his best games of the yeah, year. Yeah, that's good for him. So the run defense, yeah, it hasn't been elite. The hide, the hide one's a little misleading because he had the one big run to score the touchdown. It's true. And wasn't it in garbage carries. time? Yes. All right, I'll give you one more stat here. How about uh, this same game? 
a wide receiver has had 80 yards or a touchdown in all but one game against the Ravens this year. Because you might be sitting there going, look, I get under get away from Beckham, I understand. But if you have Landry, you know, since Jimmy Smith returned, five wide receivers have had 80 or more yards. And here are the ones who have done well. Sanu, Debo Samuel, Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder. Those are the ones who have scored a touchdown. Seems pretty slotty to me. Yeah, we like slot Jameson guys, this week. yards after catch guys. Uh, like don't Landry, love. Landry. Like don't love. Yeah. Uh, Landry, yeah. Landry, not Crowder, sorry. I, can I have a, um, add a stat too, Adam? Yeah. Per the FFT Twitter account 10 minutes ago, the Eagles DST sacks changed from zero to one with a stat correction. So if you started the Eagles and you lost your fantasy match by less than a point, or maybe even two in some leagues, mm. you may have won now. Mm. Hmm. So I started, I had the Eagles against you, Heath, but that's that corrections. Luckily, I have a little bit of a cushion. Just want to remind you that. Okay, start, sit, or flex at best <laughs> uh, for some of the games we'll get to a little bit later. James White, Sony Michelle, Devin Singletary, all in that Buffalo New England game. Are any of them starts this week? I start James White in PPR. Yeah, but he's a low end number two running back. And, and I would say the same thing for Singletary. Um, Sony's a flex. He's not a straight up sit. He's a flex. For I think he'll me, get a lot of words, I, said for me. I would start Singletary and White and PPR flex at best for Sony Michelle, and I wouldn't mind sitting him. I'd prefer to sit him. Be better. Oh, he stinks. Yeah. So yeah, Singletary is like getting a hundred total yards almost every week now. I think it's three of his last four weeks. But the Patriots have given up one rushing touchdown to a running back all year. So kind of limits the upside there. Does it mean anything uh, that Frank see, Gore start- had 100 yards against the Patriots uh, earlier this year? Probably not, right? Yeah. Oh, you think it well, means something? The pa- well, I mean, the Patriots' run defense has been little up and down. Um, and I, Singletary's just been so good. But I, I see him getting the total yards. I just don't really see him scoring the touchdown, you know? So you're probably looking at the 12-point range in PPR maybe. You know, something like, yep. like good, good, solid number two, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. How about Julian Edelman or a buff? Any wide receivers in that game? No. Oh, I, I, I can't rule out Edelman that fast. Like, yeah. Last week was ugly. Um, but w- what are the Patriots going to do on offense? If it I mean kind of the same thing they did last week, where it's just whoever's open, Tom Brady's going to throw the ball to him. Yeah, and just hope for the best. It's not going to be like Cincinnati, where the Bengals were just you know giving them chance after chance. Yeah, no, score. this is going to be a low scoring game. This is not going to be a pretty uh, a pretty game here. So, um, field goal fest. I I think Edelman's the best flex. I think Edelman and Brown are both flex at best. I don't know what to right, make of Beasley. Or... I think people are going to be nervous about Beasley. He's a flex too, I think. I think in PPR, I think he is. In non-PPR, I don't think so. But usually I have Edelman as like a top 15 receiver, not this week. Last time they played, John Brown had five for 69. Edelman had five for 75 or something. Something so, like yeah, that. They could, I think Edelman they... might have been worse than that. Yep. No, Beasley. I'm sorry. Beasley he had was. five for 75. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edelman had three oh, for be- Right. Beasley led all receivers. Beasley okay. led all receivers with those 75 yards. And, if, and nobody really did well for the Patriots. Just based, at least for me, just based on... Um, uh, Edelman's health, they're, they all make me nervous. All right, let's uh, finish up here. Start, sit, or flex at best. Uh, Joe Mixon at Miami. <laughs> start, 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 right? Top five. Yeah, he's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Bengals. Start. Start. I have him in my top 12. A, De- a Detroit running back at Denver. Flex no. at best. Yeah, if Carrion's back, I'll flex him. Yep. Nah. Philip Lindsay against Detroit. Start. 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 
Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola. Start in a PPR flex. I'd start both in PPR. Start both in PPR, flex Amendola and none. And I was going to give you Cortland Sutton, but we already did Cortland Sutton, so we move on to the games. Here we go, the Titans and the Saints. You guys are pretty high on Drew Brees, top six quarterback on the road. No hesitation there? Uh, I mean, slight hesitation for what the up- upside is, but no hesitation to start. I think the lack of a okay. consistent run game for New Orleans is is putting the ball in Breeze's hands, and that helps his fantasy outlook. Yeah, his uh, ranking is directly related to our non-PPR ranking of Alvin Kamara, I would guess. Perfect. Perfect way to put it. I think this is a big game okay. for Kamara. Just some, something about it feels like it's coming. I... I feel the exact same way. Of course, I've felt that way for several weeks now. Most people have. Uh, but this is a good run defense, though. I mean, this is not a not is an it? easy matchup per se. Yeah, I think so. They're giving up four yards per carry for the season to running backs. Is that just uh, they've been like pretty good? Non-factor. They're just a typical what? run defense. Like create a player with all the average stats. No. Hmm. No, that's good. Four yards per carry to running backs is good. I'll, I'll tell you exactly where they rank in, in, with that stat. It's within uh, 10% in, of league average, so it just doesn't matter. I disagree. But, uh, okay. <laughs> but lately, it's been leaky. I agree. Lately, it's been leaky? It has been leaky. You saw DeAndre uh, Washington score on them. Jeez Louise, they've allowed five touchdowns to running backs in their last four games. So, Touchdowns, you know, touchdowns are. Well, I mean, you just screamed about Danny Amendola. scored. Carlos Hyde ran well against them. DeAndre Washington did well against them. I mean, you know, Carlos Hyde averaged four yards per carry. It's true. Uh, that's, exactly. That's, that's a Hall of Fame game for So, so here's the thing. I think he, if, he, if, Alvin if, Kamara gets 13 carries a game, so right. you, you know, four yards per carry is not really going to cut it. You need more. You need I touchdowns. agree. Well, I mean, he's going to get five catches, so he's you know, I I don't think it's only going to be the carries for him you know what they typically do in in the sean payton era on the road is they try to run the ball a little bit more that could be latavius murray but i i i just won't be surprised if kamar has a big game everybody's starting him doesn't we're not telling you anything different you know we could sit here and say start mike boone over him start deandre washington anytime somebody's going to their lineup right now they're going to see alvin kamara and they're going to see any of these other guys are going to say i'm not going to be the guy that benches him in my championship and most I totally get it most of the people that have alvin kamara are in the consolation bracket not necessarily. He's not really no, much because you could have had you could have had other big players. Well, I would guess Kamara. over. Like I don't think he's gonna have a very good win rate. He's sure. way too unless sure. he, that's way fair. towards the bottom. Yeah. Well, look, I, I have Alvin Kamara in a non PPR league, and I'm going to start him. And I, I, my three running backs are Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, and Alvin Kamara. And Sanders is my favorite. I'd say in non PPR as long as Howard's out. But I also picked up Mike Boone, so I could make that call. But I'm not taking Kamara out. If anything, I would bench Aaron Jones for Mike Boone. Um, but Ooh. you know, we'll yeah, I would start all of those guys in non PR over Kamara. I would too. I I, I get I it. Just don't. I get it. Get but it. I I again, we so we're right. as as Dave's color shirt blue in the face and say sit Kamara for X, Y, and Z, and you're gonna see his his start percentage is still ninety seven percent at least. Thanks for noticing my wardrobe. Lovely. <laughs> start Michael Thomas, and I just want to go back to Breeze a little bit because I know he's played well, but I, this really stood out to me. In 2018, last year, he had a four-game stretch where he scored 38, 34, 38, and 28 fantasy points. Three of those games were at home. One was at the Bengals. He followed those massive games with three straight road games, and he scored 6 to 16 fantasy points in all three of those games. So 
I anytime Drew Brees is on the road against a respectable defense and you have him in the top six, it stands out to me. Then again, I mean, I looked at the quarterback rankings and I didn't really look at this and think this is a great week for quarterbacks. I agree. So it, th- that's the right? biggest factor yeah. of all. And I think he's pretty clearly figured out the road woes this year. He's been very good on the road, so he's fine. No, he hasn't. He's had two road games. He was great at Tampa Bay. He was bad at Atlanta. You know what they so, should do is they should start. Any, they should start Bridgewater. <laughs> I'm an outdoor. Uh, by the time. way, the, okay, okay, yeah, there you go. Um, the Titans are giving up the eighth fewest yards per carry to running backs. However, very, very bunchy there. You know, from like eight to twenty. So Heath, we're both right. I'm willing to say that. Jared Cook. How do we feel about Jared Cook? Start or sit? Start. Low end starter. Top ten. Yeah, I would start OJ Howard over him. I start Higby over him if ever it was out. Um Hollister. Hollister, you yep. could consider mm-hmm. over him. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'll do Higby ahead of Cook if if ever it's out. I would take Cook ahead of everybody we've just mentioned in the last ten seconds. Yeah, I think the other guy look, Cook's obviously got a ton of touchdown potential, but targets have, you know, clearly been a problem for him lately. And I, I think Hollister has a higher ceiling this week against the Cardinals, and I think O.J. Howard with the lack of receivers has a higher ceiling as well. But it's it's clearly one of those things where I don't know how many people are going to say I'm benching Jared Cook for those guys just because of what I was going to say. It's numbers. just like the Camara yeah, deal. To- totally agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, targets have been a bit of an issue for Cook. But I just want to point out, if you're looking at his game log, you see two targets in week 14. He, left he had two he targets, two touchdowns in the first quarter, and then he left. Um, and in the seven games preceding week 15, which was a little bit of a letdown, four catches for 54 yards, his seven games before that, on a per-game basis, he was the number one tight end in non-PPR, number four in PPR. Uh, all right, let's go to the Titans here. So... Look, the Titans in their last seven games, or maybe it's eight games with Brian Tannehill, it's they've averaged yeah. over 30, 30 points per game. I really like the Saints defense, but but they are beat up. I get that. Uh, what do you expect from the Titans? Do, do they score a lot of points in this game? I mean, just based on what they've done with Tannehill, the answer would be yes. But uh, the the wild card for the Saints is what's Janoris Jenkins' role going to be You know, now that he's part of the secondary. So you're just adding another talented player into the mix. You know, Is, is he going to be... Full go, full snaps, you know, or is it going to be sort of working him in, in in some spot situations? Now, obviously, the Titans don't have a ton of stars in their receiving core. You know, it's A.J. Brown. You can maybe make a case for John Smith if you want to, but Corey Davis is banged up. You know, is it going to be Tajay Sharp? Adam Humphreys is hurt as well. So, you know, where's th- this is the thing I struggle with is where's Tannehill going to win? And so I'm, I'm slightly concerned, but you, you said it, the quarterback position being what it is, it's it's a little bit you know, dicey to say you're going to sit Ryan Tannehill with how successful he's been. He's going to probably have to run a little bit more in this game. So I think the games where we saw him 37, 38 yards rushing, that could be on the table here. And I hope they get a little bit more creative in using Henry out of the backfield a little bit more if his hamstrings 100%. But I would still, I would start two streamers over Tannehill. Would you start any of the streamers over Tannehill? Fitzpatrick is the only one. And I guess if you want to throw Phillip Rivers in the mix because a lot of people dropped him, I'd put Rivers ahead of him. Right. If Rivers counts, I would start Rivers I'm not with you on Minshew, but I know you like Minshew. I, I couldn't do Minshew. And as of now, I can't do Fitzpatrick either. See, I, I, I have okay. this decision to make, and it just feels like Fitzpatrick, surprisingly enough, feels a little bit safer because the games where he's had Devontae Parker the last month. He's been great. He's been, And you know what the game script's going to be. He's been right there with him, and, and I do think the Bengals secondary, despite the numbers, is, is certainly beatable as well. So I just wonder with this, you know, the Saints, and this is the recency bias, and this is, you know, I guess to Heath's point about why you look at the season comparatively to recent success. 
the Saints defense was bad the three games prior to last week. Now, is that Jacoby Brissett in a primetime game in New Orleans, you know, trailing early, bleeping his pants? Right. Or is it, uh, you know, that the Saints defense really isn't that good without two key guys on their defensive line? And does Denorius But they didn't Jenkins- have Lattimore. They didn't have uh, Lattimore in, agreed. in two agreed. of those games. It, it's it's, so it's Lattimore and, and, and Jenkins. And so it makes me nervous about A.J. Brown. It makes me nervous about Tannehill to a certain extent. I, I The other thing, Jamie, is that their run defense was really good last week. But we don't expect it to be as good as it has been because they've lost two starters on the defensive line. And we know Derrick Henry's healthy. I mean, he'll, he'll probably be better than he was last week, which was good but not great. So, all right, so Tannehill's still a top 12 guy. We just talked about him. Uh, A.J. Brown, though, you guys have him ranked very high, top 15. Heath, you have him in your top eight. And again, it's it's just the Lattimore question, you know? So talk to me about A.J. Brown. I'm just starting him. He's been awesome over the last basically month. Um, he's getting a pretty good share of the targets, especially since Adam Humphreys disappeared. If Corey Davis wasn't there as well, I think that they just have to pepper him. And I don't like, he's going to need a big play probably, but he's made a lot of big plays. It's going to be a fun one. It's, it really is, you know, because you have uh, T.Y. Hilton got nine targets. Uh, I don't know if they're all on Lattimore, but it seemed as if Lattimore was with him most of the game, and he was terrible. Now, I don't think you could compare A.J. Brown right now to T.Y. Hilton right now because, you know, one guy's healthy, one guy's not, and, you know, T.Y. Hilton may not be the same guy ever again. I hope he is, but I don't know. Um, but A.J. Brown, you know, is is he matchup-proof? Well, we're going we're gonna to find that out, and a lot of people are going to, you know, win or lose their fantasy weeks as a result of it. We all have them, like you said, Adam, ranked, ranked relatively high. But it could be a, it could be a letdown game for them. On the other side, I don't think we should we should, we should mention this. Adoree Jackson returned to practice on a limited basis, so yeah, not that that's going to impact. Yeah, that's going to slow down Michael Thomas. But it's just another added piece of the second <laughs> for Drew Brees. I mean, you know, just an added piece of the secondary that it, could help the Titans. It's bad news for Ted Ginn. Well, I mean, look, yeah, well, <laughs> my, my, Michael Thomas doesn't catch multiple touchdowns on a, on a weekly basis, so somebody could lose a potential score there, whether it's the Traquan Smith touchdown or a Ted Ginn score or you know the Taysom Hill touchdown. <laughs> the Taysom yeah. Hill. Yeah. Okay. So the Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is so so annoying. He's annoying to Jared Cook. Um. All right. So AJ Brown. Look, if if you're starting AJ Brown, you're nervous. It's not like there hasn't been any good number one wide receivers against the Saints this year. There've been plenty. There've been some really bad ones like Mike Evans and DJ Chark and Ty Hilton and Amari Cooper. But there have been plenty of very good performances as well. Uh, Jonu Smith. Let's say Gerald Everett plays. Would you start Tyler Higby or Jonu Smith? Wow. I, Higby. I think I'd go Higby, but they would be close and they would both be outside of my top 12. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't probably start either. You know, the flip side of that is that maybe Higby's played himself into a pretty good role here. I hope. I, mean, I also was thinking about this it, one. It's yeah. riskier to trust Higby. Uh, maybe I'm being a little too harsh by saying he'd be outside of my top 12. He'd probably still be in there. When you said Cooper Cup, I wonder if Everett coming back changes how they're yeah, it formations could. go and what they do, and and maybe Cups targets go up a little bit because they use Higby in a different role, and Everett's not as well, as reliable in their minds as a pass catcher as Higby, because you know, Higby was essentially their blocking tight end when both tight ends were healthy, and now they have two pass catching tight ends, so somebody's going to lose Cup. playing time. Yep. Could, hurt. could hurt Cup, could hurt Cooks, could hurt Woods. It could be a total mess. Let's take a look at the Raiders and the Chargers. The stat of the game. Four straight quarterbacks have scored 21 or more fantasy points against the Raiders, and they've done it with 27 to 29 pass attempts. That's Sam Darnold, Mahomes, Tannehill, and Minshew. Two of those four scored 31 to 32 fantasy points, but the pass attempts is really what stands out to me because Rivers not throwing the ball that much since Melvin Gordon came back, but 
you guys have him ranked as a top 12 guy, so you you think in this matchup he can, you know, he can go out uh, with, you know, in his second to last game of the season with a something of a bang. His last five games against the Raiders, he has like 1,400-plus passing <laughs> yards, 14 touchdowns, I think five interceptions, three interceptions. Um, so he's got a good track record here. The Raiders aren't good. They've checked out. Their season's done. Uh, this is most likely the last home game Rivers will play as a member of the Chargers. He's a free agent after this season, so he could either go to some other team or potentially retire, which is what's the most likely scenario. So I I think Rivers goes out with a bang. It's just a, an easy matchup for him to exploit. Okay, talk to me about the running backs in this game. So how would you rank How would you rank the running backs in this game? I would go Eckler, Gordon, Washington. And that's regardless of format. I would do that in PPR. In non-PPR, uh, I think they go back to Gordon. He's the best one for me, followed by Eckler, followed by Washington. So, Dave, what do you I have? I think all three have the chance to be starters for you. What do you have against uh, DeAndre Washington? I just don't think the game script is going to favor him. If we're talking about a game where Phillip Rivers goes nuts and uh, the, the running backs go banana, we're not going to see DeAndre Washington get as much work as he did against Tennessee. Remember, the score was lopsided for the Raiders against the Titans, but... At halftime, it was tied. And he, he doesn't average four yards per carry very often. Granted, he doesn't get a lot of opportunities very often. Uh, doesn't get a lot of targets very often, just in general. I, don't, I, I can't hang my hat on the workload from the game against Tennessee and expect it to happen here. I think he's more of a flex than a starter. I think that's probably fair. I do think the workload will be the same, though, because it's not like he had a 20-carry game. So uh, I think the, the role in the passing game seems like they favor him over Jalen Richard as the when he's in the starter's role. So I think he's going to get in the neighborhood of five catches. I would guess he's going to be around 14, 15 carries. So 20 total touches, I think, is well within reach. And you can have some success, not great success, against his Chargers run defense. So I think he's better off served as a low-end starter flex, but um, I do think there's a chance for him to come through with another solid performance. All right, yeah, for Washington, he's only, I think I mentioned earlier, he's owned in less than half of our league. So if you need someone, this might he's newly available, basically, or newly relevant which Jacobs declared out yesterday, and he had 14 carries, 53 yards and a touchdown, plus six catches for 43 yards against the Titans in Week 14. And, of course, it is a tougher matchup now. Running backs are averaging 3.56 yards per carry against the Chargers in their last six games. Now we're not going to start Renfro, and we're not going to start Tyra Williams. The Chargers' pass defense is really good. They give up the third fewest points to wide receivers. Um, we'll talk about the tight ends in a second, but, you know, I, I struggle with Mike Williams because, like, I have Mike Williams in a league, and I and I picked up Perryman, and I don't I don't know where to go with this because I, I I have high expectations for Mike Williams. Like Keenan Allen's obviously a must start, but when you look at the waiver wire wide receivers, or maybe even the waiver wire running backs, do you think they're better than Mike Williams? It's format specific, but I I do think that Perryman and Miller are better, uh, just given what they've shown us over a more consistent stretch the last you know month essentially for both guys. Three weeks for Perryman, five weeks for Miller. Um, I'd start Mike Boone over Williams, probably in both formats, because I don't think he's going to necessarily have a ton of catches for Williams, and the targets certainly haven't been there for him. He's the type of guy, like, if you go into your matchup, and let's say you were the sixth seed and you advance and you're, or you wouldn't play the one, but let's say you're the five seed and you advance and you're playing the one seed, and you're just an overwhelming underlog. Mike Williams is the type of guy that can win it for you. He's a better DFS play than he is in seasonal, just based on what the confidence factor should be. But there's a lot to like here. The Raiders are bad against opposing receivers. They're bad against giving up big plays. Oh, yeah, so the worst. There, there's there's a chance for Mike Williams to come through here, 
But we also could see what he did against them earlier this season, which was two catches for 55 yards on three targets. I, I buy into how he's been playing. I buy into how they use him, which is as, is as a deep shot type of guy. Raiders have allowed multiple touchdowns to a receiver in each of their last two games. And look, if Rivers is going to have a big game, it's possible that Hunter Henry scores, Keenan Allen scores, Eckler scores, and, and Mike Williams doesn't. But I think Mike Williams is, is showing them something here. And I'm, I'm inclined to take the chance on him and that high upside. By the way, I should mention that uh, <laughs> I should have mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago. We had to cut Heath loose. He had to uh, step off and do something, but uh, so you will not hear him. And I wanted to ask him about Darren Waller because yesterday he expressed a little bit of reservation about Waller with with Renfro back. And the numbers, you know, when Renfro was kind of go- Renfro had a nice four game stretch, right? I think he led the team in receiving, and Waller wasn't really that good. So you like, are we? Are we looking at other options over Darren Waller this week? Or, you know, because Renfro is obviously a big wild card to begin with. No, I'm not. <sighs> if, I, if, I, <laughs> if, I, if I've already been using Waller as my top tight end, I'm going to keep him going, particularly if the Raiders are going to trail in this game. It's not an easy matchup for him at all, but, uh, you know, when I talk about target share and, and reception totals, he's got it. Okay. But he, Jamie, you got to work on your sigh. It's a little, a little more, ah. Unless, uh, ah, you get there. You get there. <laughs> you throw a few more in before the show's over. Uh, Hunter Henry or Darren Waller? Waller. Waller. Hunter Henry or Jared Cook? Henry. I have Cook higher as of now. All right. And that's it for this game, I believe. Are we going? We'd like the Chargers DST? Sure. A lot, yeah. actually. Cool. All right, then, let's move on. Let's go to Baltimore and Cleveland. Stat of the game. Yeah, this isn't really much of a stat, but it's this. (laughs) In seven games in which Lamar Jackson has thrown three or more touchdowns, Marquise Brown, like, it hasn't correlated. Sometimes he's been great. Sometimes he's been terrible. There is no knowing when Marquise Brown is going to have a good game. So my question for you is, in this matchup, Baltimore and Cleveland, are there any wide receivers that you like? So there's Landry. Not like, but be okay with. I'd be okay with Landry. That probably ends the be okay with for wide receivers list. Yeah, what would are I we take, expecting? Would I take a chance on Hollywood Brown? Definitely. If I, if I wanted to start somebody with some high upside, then yes. Okay, so Marquise Brown or Mike Williams? Williams. Williams. All right, now what are we expecting from Landry? Because I, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier, but... They, they are giving up production, and, and they're giving up production to slot receivers. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, Debo Samuel, Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, these guys all scored a touchdown since Jimmy Smith's return to the lineup, and also Marcus Peters coming over. Uh, Crowder and Sanu had huge games, and uh, yeah, they, they haven't been un, unbeatable in terms of wide receivers. So is Landry you know, an easy start for you or more of a flex? Uh, easier in PPR than non-PPR. More of a flex, though, I think, if you can get away with it. I would start him over Edelman, for example, even PPR, just given the concern of Edelman's knee. Okay. But, you know, go to the waiver wire. Like, if, if you know... By the way, Dalvin Cook is, is kind of acting as if he's going to play. So we'll have to see what happens. We'll talk about that game tomorrow. But, uh, you know, if Mike Boone is the starter, if Madison is the starter... Uh, how about DeAndre Washington? Because, uh, you know, we're not as high on him. But DeAndre Washington or Jarvis Landry? I'd start Washington. More upside. I'd start Landry and PPR, Washington and non-PPR. Okay. Lamar Jackson is our number one quarterback this week. 
Baker Mayfield is our number. I don't even know what he is. He is not in the top 24. We're not starting him. How would you rank the running backs in this little doozy of a game? This kerfuffle? That's what I was. I was looking for something like that, and I couldn't I couldn't get it. But I'm here for you, bud. Thank you. Uh, Ingram is going to be my favorite. And I think in non-PPR, I'll take Chubba instead of Hunt. Hunt would be third, but... I'm I'm starting to lean toward Hunt in full PPR over Chubb because I think the Browns are going to trail in this game. We've seen Hunt play very, very well. He's had double-digit PPR points every game he's played. He's been over 14 PPR points, 14 or more, I should say, each of his past three. And I'm thinking that he'll get way more catches and, and be more productive in that format than Chubb. Uh, I can see it, but I still would start Chubb over him in both formats just because there's going to be more touches for, for Chubb. So. They're going to try and run the ball. They're going to try and slow down the Ravens' offense if they can. And so I, I think you've seen what Chubb has been capable of doing. It's a matter of does he score or does he not score. Um, but I, I don't think you you can love either guy, just given the matchup here. It's kind of interesting. This is going to be – Kareem Hunt's played six games, and he's sort of morphed into this pass-catching back. This is going to be his toughest challenge yet. The Ravens give up the third-fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. But – if you want to talk about consistency, here's where Kareem Hunt has finished in PPR in his six games. He's finished 12th, lost in my notes here, 12th, 24th, 16th, 16th, 15th, and 17th. So he's been basically a top top 17 five out of six weeks, and he's been 15 to 17 four weeks in a row. Very consistent there. Um, and then we talked about earlier, like like the, the Ravens' run defense has been a little, a little bit leaky lately. So Chubb, nice, you know, he's, he's all right, he's all right. Just don't know if he's going to score. I just wanted to get all high pitched on you there. Do you do you think he's got a shot at 120 total yards? That seems a little bold, but I think 100 is realistic. And that would probably be more of a number two fantasy running back, a high-end one, but he still... Score, oh, he's yeah. definitely a number two running back this week. He's right. not a number one guy. I'm just making sure we know where we're I would we're start... At. If, if we get clarity on the Vikings running back situation and it's one guy, I would start that guy over Nick Chubb. Same. In non-PPR. But Nick Chubb over, like, a James Conner. I would start Chubb over Conner. Yes. I think I would, too. I think so. How are we feeling about Mark Andrews? Start him. I think you continue to start him, and you hope he scores a touchdown. Here's uh, Here are the splits. First seven games of the season, he averaged five catches for 64 yards on eight targets. Last seven games, he has averaged three catches for 44 yards, 20 fewer per game on five targets, down from eight targets in his first seven to five targets. Lamar Jackson is throwing nine fewer passes so per game. So... You know, it's not that he's playing worse. He's just not getting the same amount of targets, but he's still managing to score. He scored five times in those seven games. And, uh, yeah, it seems like a perfectly fine matchup for him. Cleveland's middle of the pack against tight ends. So, Mark, like, uh, so considering Gerald Everett had practice, we're going Andrews over Higby? If Everett plays, yes. I'm not sure if that's how I feel about it. Okay. Well, I, I, just, I wonder tomorrow. if Higby has shown enough in the last few weeks that he continues to get fed he might he might but he's, i think there's a you know he's been beastly has been awful carolina at indianapolis and here's your stat of the game the colts they are struggling they have given up 31 or more points in three straight games one game in there they gave up a defensive touchdown but how about 11 touchdowns to wide receivers in their last five games 
So the pass defense is falling apart a bit. And look, we're not we're not going to start Will Greer, but you know he is replacing Kyle Allen, who was thro- who had thrown for more than 275 yards in five of his last six games. So I'm not saying he was doing well, but he was at least sort of prolific, and that helped obviously DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. So do you feel comfortable with Moore? And then Samuel, I mean, is going to be harder, obviously. But like the Carolina wide receivers in this game, your thoughts? I mean, you're starting DJ Moore at this point. There, you know, the the quarterback change should give you a little bit of a concern. But you know, I think just given the matchup, like you said, it's uh, uh, 11 touchdowns in the last five weeks. It's 75 catches to receivers in the last five weeks too. So wow, you know, he he's going to get his targets. Uh, I I think Will Greer will hopefully have at least the same command of the offense, if not better command than what Kyle Allen was doing. And so my guess is they're going to be chasing points because the Colts should run on them. So I'm still starting DJ Moore without hesitation. And then Curtis Samuel is a better DFS play than he is a seasonal guy, unless you're talking about 14-team leagues, 16-team leagues, because hopefully you have better options in Week 16 in getting to this point. But if he's gotten you to this point, I wouldn't be afraid of him. Uh, he scored two of his last three. You just mentioned the touchdowns that they give up. Will Greer will probably take some more shots down the field than Kyle Allen did, which is why I liked him coming into the season because of Cam Newton and what the downplay of down field ability would be for Curtis Samuel. So I don't mind him as number three receiver. Remember that Kyle Allen had a hard time connecting with Curtis Samuel on deep throws. We don't know exactly well where Will Greer is going to come in on that, whether or not they'll be able to connect instantly or it'll take a while. But Greer was a master of the air raid offense at West Virginia. And he's he's way more of a gunslinger than a caretaker. And I'm I'm kind of excited to see Greer play. He might have a couple of turnovers, but he also might make some really good throws. I'm. I would not be discouraged from using either Panthers pass catcher this yeah, week. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I, I, Curtis Samuel but, in your final. Because sorry, I, let me just make this point. Because one thing about I understand Samuel's a, deep, a downfield threat, but actually the reason why he's been productive is, is touchdowns. His yards have been terrible. He has one more red zone target than DJ Moore, but he has six more targets inside the ten yard line than DJ Moore, and that's all pretty much with Kyle Allen. So I don't, you know, I don't know if we can bank on that and if he doesn't score the touchdowns we're talking about a guy who's had 35 or fewer yards in five of his last six games yeah that's why it's risky that's why it's better dfs than seasonal right but you look at the matchup against indianapolis and all those touchdowns that they allow their secondary is beat up they're not playing well and you don't have a noodle arm quarterback here uh yeah that's that's true so do you like any of the tight ends in this game this is a pretty good matchup for greg olson and he's been mostly good in good matchups they give up the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends, and then of course Jack Doyle's been a huge letdown two straight weeks. Uh, would you go with either of these guys? No, I Olsen's would only scored in one game this year, right? Yeah, Arizona, I think, right? Yep. Scored twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course. Uh, no, I would not feel comfortable with these guys. Okay, he had 110 yards against Tampa Bay. He had 98 yards against Green Bay, but yeah, it's I mean it's hard to trust it. Uh, tight end so deep. Everybody's got a tight end these days. So OJ Howard over Greg Olson and Jack Doyle. for sure. Yeah, Hollister too. You know, it's funny, Christian McCaffrey is the best, but this team, like, they've done really well against running backs their last 12 games. Two running backs have had more than 13 PPR points, Jalen Samuels and Derrick Henry. So if I'm playing against Christian McCaffrey, like, I'm not dreading it as much as I normally would. Uh, Yeah, you are. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. (laughs) I have him in (laughs) two finals, and I'm playing against him in one. Who's the one player you just don't want to be playing against? Is it McCaffrey? It's Lamar Jackson. Lamar would probably be. I don't at the top know. He's of the not list. in prime time. Like I am playing against Lamar Jackson, 
And uh, I think it's Deshaun Watson for me. <laughs> That's the guy who's just like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, he could go off, too. Them. I just think, you know, this is uh, one of the losses for the Ravens, and it's a division opponent. I think they're going to exact some revenge. I th- yeah, obviously, like, I expect Jackson to probably score more points than Watson, but I think he's going to be more like 30 rather than 45 this week. So I can deal with that. I was thinking, if I, if I told you 30 fantasy points for Lamar Jackson, you're playing against him. Would you take that or would you just let it play out? I'm playing against him and, I, and you're telling me he's getting 30? He's going to score 30. Would you be like, okay, I'll take it? Or would you let the game play yeah, out? Yeah, I'll take it. I would take it. Me that. too. <laughs> He's the average is a little bit more than that. Okay. Anything I wish else he in this scored game? thirty last week. I would have won one of my matchups. Me too. I would have beat the Heath. Oh yeah. Stink. Oh. Jacoby Brissett, sit him. <sighs> Marlon Mack. Uh yeah, we love him. Marlon Mack or DJ Moore? Mack. Regardless of format. I'll take Moore in PPR. Okay. Yeah, Mack's gonna have a, a great game. And T. Y. Hilton. Start or sit. Sit if you can. Try and sit him. Curtis Samuel or T.Y. Hilton? Samuel. I think I'd go with Samuel. They almost feel the same because we haven't seen T.Y. Hilton have a huge game or very many huge games yardage-wise. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's that game. We're moving on. Pittsburgh and the Jets. Stat of the game. So I kept confusing uh, Jarvis Landry and Jamison Crowder. Because they both have these seemingly tough matchups, but a statistic that gives you some hope. You know, Baltimore, like I just mentioned, they've given up some points lately to inside receivers. How about this? A wide receiver has scored 13 or more fantasy points in PPR in seven straight games against the Steelers. Now, 13 is not great, but, you know, it's not like they're shutting guys out, is my point. And I don't know if it's Crowder. I don't know if it's Anderson. But is there any wide receiver in this game, including Juju Smith-Schuster, if he plays, that you want to start? Uh, not that I want to start, but in three receiver leagues, I think, you know, you look at, uh, Crowder, potentially Anderson, um, James Washington, those three guys are, are within the conversation or are in the conversation for sure. You know, just based on Washington's numbers have been pretty consistent lately and Crowder, what you saw last week. I think the thing that, that matters a lot for the Jets receivers is Demarius Thomas playing or not playing, because if he's out along with Ryan Griffin being out, then their targets go up. And it's the targets for Crowder more so than for Anderson. At least last week. The short area targets. Last week was the first game without both those guys. And look what happened. Yeah. So let's say I have a marginal running back. I've got a carry on Johnson. I've got a Philip Lindsay. I've got an Adrian Peterson or something like that. Would you turn to any of these wide receivers over those guys? Um, I mean, yeah, PPR. Like I think Peterson's better in non-PPR. I think Lindsay's better than them both. Carry on's obviously a little different because we don't know if he's going to play yet. But if he's out there, you know, you can certainly start those receivers over. I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted to start Washington ahead of AP and non PPR, but I don't think I could do it. But Washington's one of my favorite flexes this week. Really? Yeah. How come? Because of the consistency and because I just don't think the Jets' defense is very good. Yeah, it's so strange. It's like the Jets had this three or four game stretch where they were basically the worst defense in the world. And they haven't, you know, they've, they've sort of rebounded from that. I'll throw out the Ravens game. But, uh, but yeah, and then Washington isn't really getting enough credit for how good he's been lately. It's 83 or more yards in three of his last four games and four of his last six games and three touchdowns in those six games. So you, you like him, okay. 
uh, would you start Washington over one of the running backs in this game? Uh, no. You could tempt me into starting him over Le'Veon in non-PPR. Do you, what do you do with the running backs in this game? I hate Connor. I, I don't hate them. I hate, I'm stressing over Connor and Bell. I don't like that Connor played 58% of the snaps last week, and I think he's got to score. I, I don't think the chances of don't like that he played that in his first yards. game back when they said he was going to split carries? Yeah. So I think he's going to be— uh, You think it's going to oh, change? 70-plus percent this week, especially after they lost. They just go right back to him and let him run 100%. Like crazy. 100%. percent i well, going to try. Right. I'm going to start him. I'm going to start him on the hope that he can do that because well, I think there's some much. pretty good upside. Well, here's the thing. Like they threw it, they threw way too much last last week. It was a big mistake and may have cost them the game. So you think they'd want to establish the run? Problem is they're playing the Jets. It's hard to establish the run against the Jets. And let's be fair, he hasn't been a very good running back this year. Be if that's his fault, I don't know. But he hasn't been a very efficient running back this year, except for the Dolphins game, basically. So yeah, I mean, I look, I think both Connor and and Bell are going to get touches. You want that? Are they going to get production? And what do you do? I think Connor will. I don't think Bell. I think they're both. Connor's more of a number two running back than Le'Veon. Le'Veon, PPR, low end number two running back, high end flex, non PPR, just a flex. Yeah, I'm starting Connor over Bell in both formats. Same. There have been six running backs with 15 or more carries against the Jets. Five of them scored 12 or more non PPR fantasy points. The other was Patrick Laird. He did not do it. That's a good number. However, James Connor doesn't usually get 15 carries. So it's hard to bank on that. I, I Jamie, I hope you're right. I hope they give him seventy percent of the work and, and they let him run wild and he delivers one of his best games of the year. But I, I think the the more reasonable expectation is he plays about the same amount last week, he scores and he gets fifty yards with it. Uh, I like the over on fifty yards. The thing is like he they just didn't run the ball that much last week, you know? If they're gonna change their game plan going to have to get more than 50 It would make sense. They're going to go back to what's been working for him, which is helping them get playoff contention. It's going to lean on Connor, try and limit the throwing, hope their defense wins the game. All right, we're sitting the quarterbacks, sitting the tight ends, and uh, we like the Steelers DST quite a bit. So, yeah, all right. I think we're done with that game. I'm finished with this guy. Buffalo at New England. Anybody get that reference? Yeah, but I don't remember the movie. <laughs> it's... Uh, my cousin oh, yes, Vinny. I do. It was uh, my cousin Vinny. Yeah. I'm finished with this guy. Yeah. You guys watch the, the Irishman yet or what? No. That's good. Some of us have uh, to work our football season. Yeah. I, I watched it on, on three separate Friday nights in installments. <laughs> All right. Maybe the, tonight with no football. The Patriots, uh, the Patriots won the first meeting 16-10. to 10. It was a craptastic fantasy game. Who is your favorite starter in this game? Your favorite player to start in this game? And I get Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas. <laughs> can I'll you take get, Tom Brady. Can you get vintage Tom Brady? Yeah. No. None of that. Um, but no, who is it? Like Singletary? I think yeah. Singletary is probably the safest. Because I think even with the tough matchup, he can get close to 100 total yards. Could catch four passes. If you told me Julian Edelman was healthy, I'd still start him. But the fact that he's not healthy and probably will not be. Um, yeah, you're kind of anti-Edelman. I don't think he's healthy. I mean... So last week he was, you know, gimping around the field. You've watched any of the videos from practice this week. He doesn't look like he's right, and you know the Bills did a good job against him the last time when he was healthy. So it's it's hard to bench him, um, but 
it's also hard to say must start just given what he looked like last week. So, like, I, I'm in one final. I'm two finals with Edelman. One, I'm stuck starting because of the three-receiver league. The other, it's the dynasty league we share, Adam. And uh, <laughs> if you tell me Mike Boone is starting, I'm going to play him as one of my flexes in bench Edelman. Would I'm you, on board with that. Yeah. What about it's Singletary? It's more about how you line them up versus the Jarvis Landry, Sterling Shepherds, Jameson Crowders of the world. Like, do you go that far with him where you just... I'm not there yet go? with those guys. Landry, I would, just because Landry's been pretty consistent. But uh, Shepard, no. Um, Crowder, no. Not yet. It's also worth pointing out that Edelman was healthy the first time these two teams played, and he had a really bad game. He had one of his worst games. Yep. Cole Beasley had the best game. He led all receivers. He had 75 yards. New England slot corner is out. Does that interest you at all? No. They have enough corners where they can take care of everybody in the Bills passing game. All right, but he is like the best slot corner in football. He's one of them. No. Sure. Uh, I, I, I want to stay on Singletary a little bit more. I know we're going to get a ton of Singletary questions. Here's what he's done. He has 79 or more total yards in five straight games. Okay, so that's an eight-point floor. He has three games in that stretch with hundred total, more than 100 total yards. He's, he's one of the best in yards per carry in the NFL. He's really coming on. I talked about it earlier, though. One rushing touchdown to a running back all season long allowed by the Patriots. And touchdowns aren't exactly Devin Singletary's forte because of stinking Frank Gore and stinking Josh Allen. So, I don't know. Give me a a rough stat line. You're going to make a projection for Devin Singletary. 90 total yards. Three, four catches? Yep. Yep. Okay. Flex-worthy. Singletary versus Connor. What do you who do you take? I'll take Connor. Yeah, I'll take Connor both. James White or John Brown? I'll take James White. I think I'll take White, but it's it's really close. I'll take Brown and not deeper. James White or Will Fuller? I'll take Fuller, Fuller and both. James White or Mike Williams? Mikey. Uh, I'll take White and PPR. All right. Finish with this guy. Moving on to start both DSTs. Cincinnati and Miami. We got two games left, baby. Joe Mixon is top five. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody start Joe Mixon. He's going to uh, come through for you. What a nice finish to the season he's really had. And could We be had a, a fun conversation teams. about Joe Mixon's value for next season. And he said he would not take him as a top 20 overall pick. I think he's one of the I most can't wait to draft with Heath. I think he's one of the most difficult players. Well, his point is that he doesn't see the situation getting dramatically better if they draft Joe Burrow and they go through the slow process of getting a rookie quarterback up to speed. I mean, I can certainly see that, but I don't know if it's going to be that much worse than what it is now. And Jonah Williams being back and hopefully another addition or two to the offensive line. You know, I, I told Heath, I'm like, you took the easy way out because you said top 20. If he was at top 24, it's a little bit different because I doubt he's going to get past the second round. But as... Uh, I said to Heath, and I'm sure he would agree, he drafts wide receivers ahead of those second group of running backs. So he'll take the top four or five guys at running back, and then he goes pretty much all receiver heavy. So I, I don't see Mixon being a first-round pick. But I think once you get into round two, it's going to be fair game on him from people who want to stockpile running backs. And I do think the, the offense will be better next year. They, they'll have a chance to improve their O-line. I think Burrow's an upgrade. I mean, Mixon was putting up numbers with Ryan Finley, at quarterback. This and they year. may franchise AJ, AJ Green. Uh-huh. You know, I uh, I had always mentioned that Baker Mayfield had some of the toughest matchups. 
when I looked at Joe Mixon and how he had done in good matchups this year, it was hard to find him. He's had a lot of tough matchups, so maybe it's just the NFC North because Beckham's had brutal matchups, or the AFC North, pardon me. Maybe they just had a really tough schedule this year, and uh, I think I think you know that's something that worked against Joe Mixon. He's going to end up as a pretty good running back, though. So okay, forget. It. Obviously, you're starting him now. Dalton or Fitzpatrick? Who do you like? Fitzpatrick. Would you start both of them over Aaron Rodgers? Yes. yes. How would you rank? And I can't believe I'm saying that. But how yes. would you, I can? How would you rank them with Kirk Cousins? I'd rank them both out of Kirk Cousins too. Yep. How would you rank them with Philip Rivers? Behind. Uh, behind. Rivers, Beard, Red Rifle. Yep. <laughs> okay. And so Tyler, I just like, I would have a hard time seeing Tyler Boyd or Devontae Parker not being in lineups, especially Parker. These guys should be very good starts. But, uh, you know, it's a, in, I guess in non-PPR, you could make the case there's some running backs or whatever that you're going ahead of Boyd, right? Yep. Okay. I do think Boyd does have potential for 80 and a touchdown. I think Six catches, too. All right. What the heck with Patrick Laird? You know, he was in enough lineups last week where I, I think it's he's worth talking about. Because what I noticed was they had a safety in the game at the Giants last week. He got tackled in the end zone. I watched the replay this morning. Was it his fault? I don't know. He tried to bounce it outside. I think he was pretty screwed right from the get-go. After Laird got tackled for a safety in the third quarter, Miles Gaskin had eight touches, five carries, three catches, and Laird had three carries. So eight to three in terms of touches. So I, like, how, how are you looking at, at the Dolphins running backs in this juicy matchup? I think, uh, I, I think you want to avoid them at all costs. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to feel comfortable starting Laird after last week. I watched Gaskin play last week. He's not very impressive. And this is a team that throws the ball over 30 times a game. So I, I just I have a hard time with them. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Adam, you gave the stat, the, the 15 or more carries. It's, uh, it, it's worth noting. And so hopefully he gets that type of work. He's better in PPR compared to non-PPR. So I think he's a flex. You know, I don't think he's a must-start guy. You're not going to start him over DeAndre Washington or the Vikings guys or anybody that you've been starting for a majority away, as much as I would downgrade Gurley and, and Levy on this week, I'm not starting him over them. You know, so uh, th- there's there's some reason to like Patrick Laird, but nothing that's a guarantee that he's going to produce at a high level. All right, now the, the, the updated stat is 16, 16 straight running backs with 15 or more carries against the Bengals have had either 89 yards or a touchdown. And we yeah, can, there's something I, I don't have in front of me, uh, but it's the, the running backs this year with some some similar number. It's 100 total yards or touchdown because that's what Michelle got last week. Right. 100 total yards. Yeah, I was just looking at rushing yards, but yeah. But Michelle is ruining the stat because he had the worst game of all the running backs with 15 or more. It was worse. Nah, sure. Not but the worst game. Because he's been ruining fantasy lineups. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're <laughs> stuck, I would start later over Michelle. If you're stuck uh, this week, there's a good chance that Laird gets 100 total yards. Where's Gasicki for you? City. <laughs> uh, he's behind Hollister and Howard in terms of the guys to pick up, but I think he could be um, a streamable tight end. A hot nine PPR points for your squad. I take the over. Do okay. your kids think you're very funny, Dave? No, they think I'm totally irritating. Really? I make the worst. My daughter puts up with it. My son, who's 15 and hates everything that I do, <laughs> uh, definitely thinks I'm... He rolls his eyes at me all the time. 
That's awesome. That's kind of what dads are supposed to do. Eye rolling stuff. All right, Detroit. Look at me, dad, for sixteen months, telling you everything you need to know. Yep, De- you're a pro. Detroit at Denver. Detroit at Denver. So, what yeah. a game. What do we think? We talked about Lindsay on yesterday's show. Uh, how do you feel about Lindsay and Carryon Johnson? If assuming Johnson plays, I mean, you're starting Lindsay at this point. It's a good matchup for him against the Lions at home. Uh, Carryon, I think, would be a flex. You know, we still haven't heard anything definitive about if he's going to play or not. So just take that into account. If you're making your your plans, but like if uh, and what I mean by that is if you're in a ten team league and you see Boone, Madison, Washington, you're picking those guys up over carry on Johnson, like we told you to on Tuesday. But for sure, now knowing that there's a chance of the starters being out for their respective teams, um, you know, the one hand he's got fresh legs. It's uh, it's a matchup that's good. That's not great. They've been very successful leaning on their running backs uh, to various degrees. You know, Scarborough had. Touchdown the first game against the Cowboys, had a 90-yard game the next week, uh, an 80-yard game the next week. So they've given work to you know, one guy, and, and uh, Hill scored two touchdowns last week. But you know, it's just a matter of how fresh will he be. And we, we said this earlier in the week, you know, what a disappointment he was to start the season. Does this matter to you, by the way, with Philip Lindsay? The running backs are averaging 3.38 yards per carry against the Lions in their last eight games. Like their run defense is very good. Their linebackers I, I still are beat think up, he's going to get good volume. Yeah, I, I would start Boone over him in non PPR, but I'd start him over Boone and Washington in PPR. What Same. about what about Brashad Perryman? I would start. I think I might go Lindsay in non PPR. I will go Lindsay in non PPR over Perryman. It's close and full PPR because I don't this, think he's going to catch many passes. This comes down to I think what you need. Well, he probably will catch passes. He just doesn't do anything like with two. It. He might get um, two catches. This yeah, comes down to, I think, a floor versus ceiling. The floor is safer for Lindsay by far. The ceiling is much higher for Perryman. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. Well, the Lions, they do give up a lot of touchdowns, but they've been solid against the run. They are a little beat up, though, at linebacker, so keep that in mind. Corlin Sutton, we talked about. He's uh, top 20 for Dave and Jamie, and top 12 for Dave, and Heath doesn't like him quite as much, has him as like a number two, number three wide receiver. But Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola, you know, we've talked about Mike Williams, and we've talked about Jarvis Landry and Jamison Crowder and all that. Where does Galladay fit in? He's ahead of them for me. I think. Give me names again. Uh, Mike Williams, Jamison Crowder, Jarvis Landry. He's ahead of them. He's ahead of them. I mean, the the, the Broncos' run pass defense has started to struggle against big time receivers. We've we saw that. You know, when they went up against Houston, you saw DeAndre Hopkins eventually have a big game. Last week, you saw them. Uh, give up a bunch of big plays to Tyreek Hill. Chargers the week before that. They've allowed at least one touchdown to a receiver in six straight games, eight touchdowns total. I think Galladay is the most likely receiver to score for the Lions. I think we're done here. So No no Amendola? Yeah, uh, where's Amendola? Uh, he's a low-end starter for me in PPR and uh, flex at best in non-PPR. So you've got him in your top 24 in PPR? Uh, just at 24. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he makes me nervous. I know that last week was a huge game for him. He's he's had big games and then let us down before. And but this is eight the first targets, time, three straight games. First time without Marvin Jones was last week, and he had over 100 yards receiving and 13 targets. I think it's going to be a situation where they hang tough. They trail in the fourth quarter. Blau is throwing. He's getting the ball out quick. This is why he's been leaning on him more so than Kenny Galladay in that three-game stretch. He's got 29 targets. Galladay has 20. So it's pretty clear that he's trying to get the ball to the guy it. that he sees first. Yep. And so I, I think, you know, this is a 
floor of like a five for 60 type of game for him. If those targets stay the same. And the ceiling could be 20 PPR points. The ceiling could be same thing he had last week with the chance. I believe he fell down at the one yard line. On one of the Hills touchdowns. I don't I don't have it, but it's possible. Right. Hills had two. No, there was there was there was a question of did he score? There was one of those uh, they had to review it. Okay. And then Hills Hills scored the next time. Do you worry about Amendola if carry on plays? No. Because I wonder if carry on gives a Because McKissick could be out. That's true, but carry on can pick it up in the passing game. Yeah, but that's just what McKissick was doing. Alright, we'll come back tomorrow. We got the NFC home games. Thanks for your patience today. I know the show came out a little bit late. I apologize about that. It's your um, fault. Check out the uh, yeah. Check out the DFS episode later tonight. For Dave, for Jamie, for Heath, I'm Adam. Na 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 na. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.